thank you all for being willing to do this. I don't know if any of you just love being in front of people. <laughs> I'm right there with you, so I understand that it's, it's a bit of a sacrifice and discomfort, but you know, we want to honor the Lord, so thank you for doing this. And the first uh, thing that we want to hear from all of you is how the Lord saved you and just your story and how you met your husband. Mercia is learning English and she's doing so great. So. Do you want to go first? Okay. I read. <laughs> uh, I am very delighted to be here. Uh, you are very hospitable and gracious. Uh, it is a joy for me to tell you what God has done in my life. I was born in Siracusa, Sicily. I have two younger brothers. At the time when I was born, some missionaries were in Siracusa trying to found a church. So they evangelized my mother and they saved my mother when I was six, six months. So I grew up getting a Christian education. I was convinced that I was a believer. I believed in everything I knew about the Bible and Jesus, and I didn't discredit anything. But I didn't see my sin and the need for a savior. I didn't even ask myself the problem of sin. Maybe sometimes I had a dirty conscience for doing something bad, but sin was something too serious to belong to me. I had absolutely no desire to read the Bible. It was an ornament in my room, and I lived following my desires, my passions, my heart, like any other person in the world. I felt sufficient to myself and um, I thought that everything I wanted to obtain uh, would be obtained with my effort. So for 26 years of my life I tried to reach to happiness and to peace in different ways, but I was always unsatisfied. When I was 26, my mother started to suffer from depression due to a particularly heavy and difficult period. In that circumstances, for the first time, I realized that I was um, unable to obtain what I wanted, and that was to help her. Um, all my efforts to help her reacted all my efforts to help her react to that depression were in vain. I had no hope of being able to help her, and it was on that occasion that I thought that the only one who could help her 
junior high-ish, um, my parents stopped going to church, um, but they kept us in um, private schools um, because Los Angeles um, schools aren't the greatest. So um, I went to um, a private junior high, um, which was Christian, and so I thought I had it all. You know, I had I was very friendly. I had friends. I had um, I played volleyball and was recruited for high school. And um, you know, all all my little idols in my life that I used to bring me hope and to bring me contentment. You know, and and I knew how to play the game. I knew how to look Christian. So inside, I was a whitewashed tomb and had nothing to do with the Lord. Um, I even won Christian Citizenship Award voted by the students in my class because I could pull off the performance that well. Um, and God knew that. God saw my heart. He saw the wickedness. He saw the love of sin. He saw the, um, everything I used to, um, to bring me joy, to bring me hope. That wasn't my hint. Um, so transitioning into ninth grade, um, I messed up my knee. Um, so through that, um, volleyball was the life. Um, and um, then also my, a lot of my friends went to public school. So he stripped, he graciously stripped everything I held dear away. So volleyball, friends, you know, um, the big school and being the small fish and the big and yet, in his kindness, he was driving them away. Um, so, through that all, um, because my hope, everything I put my hope into, was gone, I fell into depression. Um, I really struggled with it. Um, struggled with self-injury. Um, struggled with suicide to the point of hospitalization. So, it was actually, um, they couldn't stop me from hurting myself because... I had no hope and nothing to help with the pain. Um, so it's very interesting because my dad at the time wasn't saved, but he hit his knees and said, Lord, I cannot save my daughter. You need to. And it was a week later that, um, through, well, let me back up. Through this whole time, um, again, I went to Christian school, and my And so she was the one who was inviting her students to church. So I had gone to church, I had heard the gospel. And so after my dad prayed, it was two weeks later that I realized I cannot save myself. You know, I'm in need of a savior. I need someone to save me from my sins because I'm doomed to hell, you know. And it is by his graciousness and faithfulness that he died on the cross for my sins, and that's where my hope is. And so he, he really opened my eyes to that. Um, and so when um, it was a Sunday night, and they were very faithful to the gospel, preaching it all the time, and that's when the Lord saved me from my sin, and um, even from the depression, because um, he, no one could help me in the world, but the Lord could help me. And so he lifted that depression. And um, through that all, so that's kind of how I was saved. Um, by his graciousness, I still look at him and humbled by his faithfulness, even through my rebellion. Um, so, and then how I met my husband, 
church going home baptized as an infant, and so I thought I was a Christian. I went to a church camp with some friends when I was about 13. I went for horseback riding, but we did Bible study, and that was the first time I had ever been told that I was a sinner. And I was kind of offended because I thought I was pretty good. I obeyed my parents. I wasn't really a troublemaker. I didn't drink and smoke. So I thought I was a Christian, and so I was actually kind of offended that somebody told me I was a sinner. Um, but what, what stood out to me at that camp was that the lady who did the Bible studies, I could tell that she really knew God intimately. Yeah, I knew about God, but I didn't know him intimately. So I, um, that, that made me think, um, kind of shook my, my foundation a little bit. And then uh, a couple years after that, I went to Japan for a year as an exchange student. And I think that the Lord took me to Japan to show me my self-righteousness. Um, they have uh, um, an expression in, in Japanese, four hours sleep, pass. Five hours sleep, fail. And that's regarding the, the entrance exams to the next school. And so I slept eight hours. <laughs> so I, I realized that, you know, I, I, I couldn't please the, the Japanese. I, I couldn't measure up to their work ethic. And so then I, I started realizing, wow, if I can't even measure up to the Japanese work ethic, how could I ever please God? And I had my sister had given me a Billy Graham New Testament. I think she gave it to me as kind of a good, good life charm because she, she wasn't a believer. But I, had, I took it with me to Japan and, and I started reading it and, you know, there's a page in it, obviously, in the Billy Graham, the Bible, which is going to be a page on how to become a Christian. And, and it's all the same things I heard at that camp, that I was a sinner, and that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me and took my sins and gave me his righteousness. And so I, it just, it was a light bulb to me. I, I realized, okay, I get it. I'm, I'm a sinner, and I cannot earn my way to heaven on my own goodness. And so I, in the in my little room in Japan, I just asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior and Lord. And um, then I went, I, there were no other Christians. I was in a little fishing village on the southernmost island. But I just read my Bible, and then you know, turn the page to the next page, is how to grow as a Christian. Okay, so I know I need to read my Bible and pray. And so the Lord just grew me. That's the power of the Word of God. And then I went back to Seattle after that year. And I um, went to the University of Washington and studied Japanese language and literature as my major. And um, met Christians and was so excited to be discipled and taught how to memorize scripture. And so those were really um, exciting years for me of spiritual growth. And um, then as I approached graduation, I, I didn't know what to do next. And my, my parents said, well, why don't you a flight of pain to be a flight attendant? So I had a cousin who was a flight attendant. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I can handle that as a Christian, you know. Kind of, you know, how you think flight attendants are wild and crazy, and, and they, a lot of them are, and, and, and years ago. And um, so I, I didn't do it, and, and the lady that was discipling me said to me, You know, Meg, God gave you your parents for a reason. Why, why don't you just listen to them? So I said, 
we think what trial you're going through is comforting enough for us to realize, okay, you know, we're, we have trials over there, but no trials over here, and the Lord is faithful to all of us. So if you'd like to write, that's one new way you can minister to, to missionaries. And email, you would accept emails. <laughs>
pieces of um, church discipline. Uh, we had Matthew and his son who uh, denied the Trinity and, and um, that caused a, a whole year of, of a lot of heavies in the church and a lot of people left. And about seven months ago, um, in the re-election of the elders, my husband and the other elder were not um, re-elected. And um, then they asked him to stay and preach anyway. So uh, that's what we've been doing for the last seven months. And then just yesterday, they had their annual, annual business meeting, and he was re-elected as elder as well as the other man, because all the disgruntled people were like, we're not. So it's, it's been a really interesting year. And, and I would be dishonest to tell you that I'm not actually afraid to go home. Um, I am afraid to go home. Uh, I know that we have an adversary who crawls around like a mermaid. And it's the roar that scares me. Um, so um, just that I would be trusting the Lord in all of this and um, deal with my fear in a biblical way. And um, that I would be thankful for God's purposes for us to be there. and. Um, Continue to serve with zeal, and um, you can also pray for our children. They're all kind of going through um, some transitions right now. Our oldest son just moved to Dubai, the new job. Our daughter is in Geneva, um, kind of wondering what to do with her life. And our youngest son is engaged to a South African girl, and they're going to get married in September. So <laughs> her facing a lot of changes and transitions right now. So just help me to, that I would just pray that the Lord will just help me to walk faithfully with him and do, do the right thing and, and trust him and be thankful at all times. Okay, I just have one more question and then if you all have any, you can feel free to stand up and yell or what are some unique challenges to raising children as missionaries overseas? Okay, well, I did have some experience raising the children overseas, and I've also observed our colleagues raise their kids. So um, it's, it's a wonderful blessing to be a missionary kid. You know, you learn a different culture, you learn sometimes a different language. Um, the, the, the challenges are that you, you might have a little identity crisis. You don't know if I'm French, I'm American. And, and, and for you, when you see MKs come back here, you think, well, they look American and they sound American, but, but they don't feel or think American necessarily. And um, one example is, um, well, they, they won't necessarily understand their peers when they talk about music or their, their movies or TV shows or whatever um, that's a foreign language to them. Um, they might not know just the, the details of how life works in America. I have one missionary um, colleague whose son came back to uh, the U.S. for college and he, he, didn't, he couldn't understand American coins. You know, the dime is smaller than the nickel, but it has less value. So what he actually did 
few years ago, our youngest son was about 10, and we were treated to tickets to a Dodgers Yankee game in LA. Well, you know, most American men would like they died down in heaven to go there. Well, our son James, we were in the third inning, and he turned to his dad and he said, When's it gonna start? <laughs> Thank you. 
actually are. It's us, you know, and we do have some gracious single women in the church who will watch my daughter, but it's us, you know, and so that's kind of um, the Lord's gracious. But it, even in the heartlessness of the different cultures and all that, it's like the Lord is so kind because it makes you cling even that much more to Him. So. All right, any questions? Yes, Rachel. So May, um, if you explain it all, then you already want to, so be it. But you said you were afraid to go home. Are you afraid of the dynamics in your church, or are you afraid to actually go to your house? Uh, no, the dynamics in the church. Yeah. No, we broke, we broke into three times. Because uh, my child is young, so I 
live marriage. Here's how God wants you to be a wife. So that's who they want to be. For me, um, um, every other Tuesday, we have a prayer, ladies' prayer meeting in the afternoon. Um, and most of the ladies are 50 and above. Um, then one Wednesday a month, I lead a young moms group. Uh, as I mentioned, that's where we're going through the book uh, by Luke Riolo, Heart of Anger. And that doesn't exist in French, so I'm, I'm translating one chapter at a time. And, uh, so that, that takes me time to translate, but uh, it's been a rich time of discussion for us with the young moms. And the kids are there too, so it's kind of chaos, but we get it done. Um, and my husband and I try to take Thursdays off. I disciple a couple ladies um, on Tuesdays and Fridays, or Mondays and Fridays, depending on their schedule and a nurse, so we have to kind of be flexible. Um, and then um, I have started an ACBC uh, supervised counseling, so I'm doing uh, a couple counseling sessions with a couple ladies with some serious issues, and I'm learning a lot from that. And um, then we have a ladies' Bible study once a month on Saturdays, and that's that's a larger group. And then I teach Sunday school and Sunday school for little kids. So that's about my life. <laughs> Dana, how do you go grocery shopping with a baby and no car?
share with us tonight to draw them to yourself and then to help each one of them um, meet their husbands who you knew your plan for them before they did. And thank you for their willingness to follow you and follow their husbands and serve alongside them with joy. And we just pray that you would help the rest of their time here in the States to be refreshing and um, restful and encouraging to them, and that they would get some good uh, quality time with their husbands too, and that they would be refreshed and ready, ready to go and um, as they go back to their homes overseas. And um, we just pray that you would continue to sustain them and help them in all of the areas that they've shared with us tonight. Give them wisdom as they um, try to encourage other ladies as they are bold with the gospel, as they um, are a comfort and uh, compliment and encouragement to their husbands, and as they use their gifts in the, in the body, and as they um, care for their children at the different stages in life. We pray that you would protect them, and uh, thank you for the many ways that you have protected them um, up to this point and their children. Thank you for their example of entrusting their children into your care. Uh, I pray that all of us would learn from their example and um, recognize that our times are in 